Good morning. Mm. You guys well? That's wonderful. I'm well too. Thanks for asking. Such wonderful people. And um, so I'm just going to jump straight into it this morning. I'm going to be finishing up a series uh, today that was supposed to be other oh, junior youth. Goodbye, wonderful people. My office is locked, so I'm okay. But uh, have a wonderful time with your leaders. It's wonderful. There's no junior Holy Spirit like you've heard us say so often. I wonder if you could turn your Bibles, please, to John chapter 10. And um, we're going to read a little bit of John chapter 10 again. We've read it so many times. And uh, I cannot recap. This was supposed to be just a few weeks. I was going to talk about a religious system or relational kingdom. You see in John chapter 9 what... The way I see it is just this absolute picture of a religious system. And you see in John chapter 10, Jesus starts speaking about the kingdom of God in terms of the difference that he's about to open the way in the new covenant for us to have personal and intimate fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And, uh, and that there's going to be many voices, just as there was in the garden of Eden. And he encourages us not to listen to or partner with the stranger's voice. And so I cannot recap six weeks in, in, in five minutes, so I encourage you to listen to it. But I wonder if we could just um, go to John chapter 10. It says here, verse 1, Assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Who's been here, by the way, the last few weeks? just so that it has some context, mostly, which is great. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Why do we follow? Because we know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them, which gives me great comfort to know it's not just me. Then Jesus said to them again, assuredly, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All, have, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. I, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. So this is daily life. This is spiritual food day to day. It's not just, you know, often with the supernatural, because every time the Lord speaks, it's supernatural. The Bible says everything that we see in Hebrews 11, everything that we see was made by that which you can see. The visible was formed when he spoke. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11. There is a spiritual realm. It is actually, I call it the parent realm. It was there first. It will be thereafter. But unfortunately, because it makes a lot of Westerners nervous or because a lot of us have seen abuses in that sphere or that sphere used to glorify people, it's like the West has just said, that doesn't exist. And we'll find out today, that's actually really not a good idea. And so what happens is we've often seen, who's seen when there's supernatural, it's almost like people look for the spectacular. Often the, super, the true supernatural is not spectacular, unless it's obviously the miraculous, but it's not, it can, you can almost miss it. It's free hearts, it's changed lives, it's, it's like, God, it's a passing thought. It's partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's not always, don't look for the fantastic. It's learning to discern what the Lord is doing and to partner with Him. You know, we learned a long time ago, stop asking the Lord to bless what you're doing. Find out what He's doing and get involved in that. 
it's already blessed. Much easier. Much easier. So, um, I forgot where we were. I'm so sorry. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep which I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring as Gentiles. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. So, we went through that multiple times, and last week and this week we'll finish it. We've actually just started to talk about just the practical ways that we see God speaks in the Bible. And let me encourage you, don't get nervous about some of the words that you may hear today. There are many words that the Bible uses. There are many ways that the Bible shows us that God has communicated to people throughout time. But the enemy likes to steal those words and then the church, and twist and pollute them, and then people in the church become nervous, just like he's doing right now with our rainbow. Same thing. That belongs to the Lord. That's supposed to be a reminder of the goodness of God, and the mercy of God, and the love of God. But it's become, it sounds similar, love, but it's twisted and polluted, and it's now, now the rainbow means something else. That actually is his. So you hear me say the word trance. I said that last week, people are like, woo, it's in the Bible. But it's been twisted and polluted, now everyone gets nervous. <laughs> so, let me encourage you. Hearing is not the, the end goal. The, most, the, the, the word, actual one word that Jesus said more than any other word by far was the word hear. And it's not the end goal, like I said last week. It's for partnership. It's for relationship. And don't chase and pursue the different ways that God speaks to us. It's just we have to say, okay, Lord, open my heart to what you did here. But I'm not going to chase. Well, I want the Lord to like, speak to me like that. No, it's according to his will as he chooses. Pursue the Lord, not all the different what we want. Pursue the Lord and let him speak to you in his own way. And he will. And let me say this. Obedience doesn't determine if the Lord speaks to you. Mm. Obedience doesn't determine if the Lord speaks to you. It can determine what He speaks to you about, but it doesn't determine whether He speaks to you. I don't stop speaking to my son, and if you do that, I encourage you not to discipline this way at all, ever. I don't stop speaking to my son when he's done something that maybe he shouldn't have done. In fact, I start speaking to him more and a little bit differently, maybe to find out what is going on in his heart. And it's the role of the parent to speak to him in a way to to help him understand who he actually is. Same with us. 
So the Lord starts to speak to us because He knows that His voice to us changes us and, in a sense, transforms us into the person we were born again to be. Hello? So, we went through some practical tests that help us discern. I know I said I would give the notes, and so we've had a bunch of people email the note for the notes. And um, I sent all the notes to the staff, and they just didn't do their job. That's not true. I, I didn't do that. Uh, that was a lie. That's the stranger's voice. No. Um, I, I didn't do that. But I, I will. I just wanted to finish, and then I'll, I'll send them so that you guys can get them. But there's many tests. Sorry. Must be help me, Jesus. Uh, pray for me. Um, scripture test, look at the fruit, who's getting exalted, and the mind of Christ. And we went over some of that. So let me just run through this. We started last week, the different ways we see in the Scripture and that the Lord speaks to us. And let me also say this, don't box it to these things. There was no ways that God spoke to anyone until He started doing it. We're the ones who now make a list and then God must do it like that. No, He can do whatever He wants. I'm just... It's incumbent upon us to say, Lord, show us how you've spoken to people in the past so that if something may start to take place, I'm not, I can respond. So, Scripture, we've spent so many weeks going over that. As you know, we love that. I love doctrine. But the Scriptures, absolutely primary. The Word of God. Um, the audible voice, which is both audible and inaudible, uh, other people, dreams and visions. And there's many scriptures about all of these things, but we went over some of this last week. And visions, we see this, this most likely more, four different types of visions that we see a lot in the Bible, um, which is a vision in the mind or an inner vision or a picture. And that happens to most, a lot of people all the time. They don't always know it's the Lord, but the Lord speaks to us a lot that way. I went over that last week. An open vision, where you see, in a sense, into the spiritual realm, or you see something with your eyes open. There are dreams, which, as Job says, is technically a vision. He calls it a vision of the night. And then trances, and we ended there. And you could feel people like, hmm, trance. So, can we read this again? Trances, it's technically a type of vision. Now, Peter, in Acts chapter 10, had a trance. It is one of their most, I don't like to say the word powerful, because we have like levels. So if that happens to you, like super important. It's not like that. Please understand, the way God speaks to you and even the way God uses you is not a, not a badge of super spirituality. It's not a badge of honor. It is actually the way God loves the person. Because you're a vessel. Yes, he loves you, but he'll use the vessel because he loves them. He loves them. That's why he'll just use whoever is available. And what happens is when God uses you in this way, whether he speaks to you in certain ways or whether you are ministering to people, or even if you just, you get a picture for your kids and you, you know, just a thought for your kids, fleeting thought, you don't even know it's from the Lord, and you start, in a sense, ministering to them or parenting, it has a tremendous impact. It does. It really, really does. But he'll just use who's available. But the Bible does say in 1 John chapter 2 that the anointing will teach you. When you are being used by God, either to minister or to speak in a sense something that the Lord's put in your heart, in those moments, especially if there's a, 
a very powerful move of God through you or, or you're laying on of hands or doing something, you, the sense of the presence of the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, who knows what I'm talking about. In those moments, you will learn things and understand things about the Lord that no study can teach you. The Bible says that the anointing, the anointing just means to smear. So I've always said, if I smear my wife with peanut butter, I'd be in trouble, but I've anointed her with peanut butter. <laughs> Smeared, covered in the Holy Spirit, He ministers through you, and in that moment, you learn things about the Lord that you can't learn through study. It is one of the mechanisms that God uses to teach you, just like reading a book about being a mechanic or actually going and fixing something. Yeah? It's pretty simple. Mm. So, Peter has a trance, which opened the door to the Gentiles. He calls it a vision. She agrees. Look at this, Acts 22. People say it's only once or twice. I don't see it happening that much. But what we do as Westerners, we say, well, I only see the Lord speaking in a trance when these things happen. And instantly we've boxed it. No, I, I don't see it happening a lot, but that's not up to me. I've seen it in front of my eyes. I've seen it not that much. But I do think some of these things will increase as the end draws near. But listen to this, Acts 22. This is Paul now. When I turned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, this is after he came back from, in a sense, getting saved. And Ananias prayed for him and opened his eyes. Now this is years later, but he's giving a testimony of how he got saved. And he says, I fell into a trance when he was praying. And I saw the Lord speaking to me. Interesting. He saw but heard. I saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. That's what the Lord said to Paul in a trance. So, it's in the Bible. New Testament and the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament in the Greek. Same word, ecstasis. Adam, Abraham, Peter, Paul, possibly Isaac, and John. Depends on how you read it. So, many different people. So, in a voice. Can we get to the next one? We good? In a voice. This is when the Spirit of God, this is another one that is extremely common. And, and this has become extremely, extremely precious to me. Very, very precious to me, personally. When God speaks to us from within our own spirit. Within our own spirit. It's the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, yeah? We once heard a teaching given to children about open the, the, ears of your, the eyes and the ears of your heart, like the Bible says. And our youngest one, I think he was four, and they had a little picture of like a heart with these big ears on. So you have spiritual ears. And he said, he said, Dad, that's what he's teaching me. He says, Dad, this is why Jesus lives in your heart. Because if he had to speak to you from heaven, he's far away. So, and I was just smiling. I was like, that's great, son. That's, he's like, but if it's here, it's like, he's like, it's real close. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go with that. I love it. Our children are so simple. How about, how about the scripture, Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That bears witness is one word, sumaterio, means to bear joint witness, to corroborate by evidence, to testify of things known, heard, 
and seen. So the Spirit Himself bears witness. The Spirit of God will speak to you from within your own spirit. And when we start to recognize it, discern it, partner with it, it can become so strong that it is something that you will literally stand on even if it doesn't make sense because it's like evidence inside of you. It's like evidence in a court. And the Bible says that's what faith is, the evidence of things unseen. It's like you don't always have a a logistical or a practical reason for it, but you know something in your heart, and and you learn to know that so strong that it is like evidence to you. This is what you see all through the Bible. And sometimes you grow in it. When God came to Sarah, said, you know, you will be not Sarai, but Sarah, she laughed at him. And then Abraham, not Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of all nations. Sarah means mother of all nations. And he told them, you have to, in a sense, so from that day, they started calling them, them uh, my dad taught us this, and it really taught me something. From that day, when Abraham was calling Sarah, he says, mother, Sarah, Sarah, mother of all nations, mother of all nations. He's calling her what God said every day. And all of a sudden, faith starts to arise. Every day, Abraham, Abraham, father of all nations, father of all... He didn't believe, but as he heard it and 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 heard it. The Spirit will do that in here to you. I've really learned to treasure this. Why is it possible that in a climate that cannot grow a certain plant, whatever, in a certain climate only certain things grow, but I can build a greenhouse... Then I can grow something here that I cannot grow 15 feet away outside of that greenhouse. Why? Because I've changed the atmosphere. Literally, like there's a mini atmosphere out there. It's the atmosphere of wherever that country is. The Word of God, this, is essential for the inner voice. It's like building a greenhouse in your heart. It establishes an atmosphere where things grow like fast. In a world where the voices are telling you all sorts of other things. In a world where there are so many truths that are being polluted and distorted. In a world where common sense is gone. In a world where things are going crazy, this creates an atmosphere like a greenhouse within your heart. And God speaks to you. The seed goes down and it grows. And what happens when it grows? Well, it has other seeds and then they fall and then... And then it starts to affect someone else and someone else. The way of the kingdom, the Bible says, do not despise a small beginning. We often looking for a big thing. It's like this. From the inside out, not behavioral modification, from the outside in. We all know that doesn't work. Or is it just me? These are some of the words that we know to make us familiar with what this is talking about. Intuition. The ability to understand something instantly without the need for conscious reasoning. An example, mothers. That's all I need to say. They just know. You're saying something, but mm -mm. they just know when something ain't right. Something's just not right. Your child's telling you he's fine, but he's not. There is no relationship on the earth that would work without intuition. 
Because if any husband asked her, his wife, how are you doing? I'm fine. And he believed her. <laughs> you know? I'm fine. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm fine. Mm-mm. <laughs> right? Intuition. What about prompting? A gentle nudge to do something. Sometimes a fleeting thought. I cannot stress enough. There are fleeting thoughts that we like, uh, nah. Man, sometimes those thoughts, they thoughts, we think it's us, to me, have been the things that they were so small and they came so like, like it was nothing. But I turned aside to it. And 20 years, 15 years later, it has actually built something massive all on a little thought. A fleeting thought. Who's been driving along and all of a sudden the person crosses your mind? Out of the blue. You like phone them, hey, how you how you doing? Why'd you phone me? I just and they start crying or oh no no. That is a horrible time. What's that? That's the Lord. Fleeting thought. Sometimes it's something you're supposed to do. Who knows that one? You're just walking along doing stuff and you have this thought like, I need to actually go take care of this. And you don't. The next day you're like, man, I really wish I did. Because something happens. You're like, I should have done that. Fleeting thought. A check. A check in the spirit. A feeling of uneasiness or restraint. A knowing discomfort. I like that. You cannot explain. Feeling something is not right. It's like the red light or the brake pedal in your spirit. You have a loss of peace. I think someone's literally knocking on the door. It's not always, it's not, it's a check. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. And let me say this, it's not always to do with sin. People think it's always like the Lord. No, it's not always to do with sin. It's like direction, safety. I'll give you a little example. Many years ago, my sister, my little sister and I, Natasha, we were walking. We went on vacation with my parents, and we were walking in the West Virginia mountains, and we go on a hike. It's more like a walk, and we're about 30 or 45 minutes in, and it's just me and Natasha. It's in the, it's the middle of winter, snow everywhere. We love it, and we're walking. She's probably 15, 16, and um, she's married now with three kids, so. and we're walking along, and we're just about to crest the top of a hill, and it's like the inside of me froze. And it wasn't a fear, but an awareness, something's really not right. It was a similar thing that I said last week that I had with Don in Cozumel, Mexico. And I just stopped. There's no sound. And I just paused. It's like inside I froze. And I just turned around and said to like Natasha, shh, we need to leave. I turned around. She's already, she's way beyond me in this area. She stopped 40 feet back. Let's me go, you know. (laughs) She stopped. She became aware of something. So we kind of just, and then after about 10 minutes after that, it went away. And we got, we get back. My mother comes running out the log cabin. What happened? What happened? What happened? Same time, 30, 40 minutes before we got back, an urgency gripped her heart. She had a picture of me and my sister. She dropped to her knees and started to pray. Yeah, spirit inside. I don't know what was over there. I don't want to know. I really don't. 
curiosity killed the cat. Kevin, Katie and Kevin, another quick example. Katie and Kevin, they, uh, and I haven't asked if I can tell him, tell the story, but they're not here, so. <laughs> they came to me many years ago. They came to me and they said they were just on their way somewhere that we were at a meeting. They said, we're going to go look at this house. They were just about to sign on a house. Please, can you pray for us? And I looked at them and I could see they've already made a decision. I said, no. <laughs> Kevin was like, what do you mean, no? I was like, you've already made a decision. I can tell. Why are you asking the Lord about it? You've already made a decision. And they were like, oh, no, you know. So I said, I'll pray for you if you're willing to not already make the decision. They were like, okay. So we held hands, one sentence. Lord, if it's you, witness to the Spirit. If it's not, shut it down. And off they went. They were just about a sign. They got there as they walked in. Katie felt uneasy. She felt sick. She didn't want to be there. And then they bought this beautiful house that they have now, which we've all Many of us have enjoyed here. Also an abiding peace is another one. A restful feeling, a sense of release. For businessmen, what I'm talking about now, really helpful. That's why we learn to partner with it. And I know that it's not like an exact science. No relationship is. It's a relational kingdom, not a, not a methodical intuition, a methodical institution. That's what man has made it. The kingdom is a relational kingdom. The scripture, I cannot express this more or emphasize this more. The scripture plays a major role here. Even if you're reading about nothing that's got to do with what you need to make a decision for. You want wisdom? Read the Proverbs. You want intuition? Read the Proverbs. You want to change the way you think? Read the epistles. You want to let your heart be moved? Read the Gospels. The Scripture is a, is a big deal here because the Spirit of in you, He wrote it. So, doesn't mean we won't still sometimes have the struggle, the battle. Is it the Lord? That may not go away but it becomes louder and louder and louder and louder. And let me encourage you, this is not a condemnation. <clears throat> we all know the sense of conviction. There's a temptation or we're involved with something we know we shouldn't be, and the conviction of the Lord comes. We have like, eh, that's coming from the same place. So sometimes we just like ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our life, but then when we want direction, we're like, why can't I hear the Lord? It's coming from the same place. We spent the last five years shutting it down. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Now we're like, why aren't you speaking to me? It's like, I'm shouting, buddy. So, little chart to help you. Little quick chart when it comes for thoughts. The enemy or self drives you. The good shepherd draws you. There is a difference. I'm going to run through this very quickly. I, I could just speak on this chart for an hour. I wrote this a num number of years back. It's helped me. I look at it frequently. The enemy condemns you. It may even sound like Scripture. It may even be Scripture, but it's very legalistic. It means it points out your fault, tells you what you've done wrong, but doesn't empower you unto change. doesn't lift a finger to help you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. Contained in His voice is the ability you need to overcome what you face. The enemy will harass you. Cause anxiety. <clears throat> the Lord will harness you. Cause focus. The enemy, the false word for prophecy in the Old Testament, Zaid, means to boil up. The Hebrew word for prophecy means to bubble up. 
the one causes pressure, like a pressure cooker, and eventually there's an explosion. Anxiety, pressure, that's almost never the Lord. Bubbles up, Hebrew word for prophecy, it means to pour forth, to bubble up. It's joyous. The enemy, or even ourselves, will hurry you, rush you, causes you to react. The Lord does not do that. He's patient, and He teaches you to respond. Jesus is helping me with that one. Sin conscious, meaning it causes you to focus on yourself. I can fix it. I need to, I need to take care of it. I did it. I need to fix it. The Lord makes you God conscious, fixes your eyes on Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. The enemy, it'll be fear. We heard your voice in the garden. We heard your voice. We were afraid and we hid, seeing God through the wrong eyes. It's very difficult to partner with the Lord if you have a bad perspective of Him. If you think He's a tyrant, why would you ever co-labor with Him? If you know that He's a loving Father, that's very different. Enemy will, have, will bring fear. The Lord will bring faith. Enemy will lead you to be isolated, the desire to be, isolate, to be in isolation. You know what Proverbs 18 says? He who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against wise judgment. The Lord will draw you aside to solitude. There is a difference. To solitude. Come away with me. When you pray, Matthew 6, go into the room and close the door. Shut the door. Solitude versus isolation. The enemy will always isolate. I grew up in Africa. I saw the way lions hunt. Isolate, destroy. I have found to get into his presence takes a lot of that, is it, like, removes a lot of that, and it becomes easy. That's why when we come here and we come together corporately and we worship in the presence of the Lord, it's like that battle isn't so intense. Because in the corporate presence of the Lord, in a collective anointing, a collective presence, the enemy is silenced. And that's just the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. I was going to read you some other stuff, but you can go ahead and read it another time when you get the notes at the staff. I really wish they would send it to you. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Jesus, pray for me again. And, uh, you know, recognition is so important. It really is so important, you know. In Malachi, the last prophet that came, the last prophet that gave and spoke before the Messiah came, then there was years of silence. So in a sense, it was what the Hebrews or the Jewish people had in their mind when the Lord came. There's a, there's a scripture that says the Son of Righteousness, talking about the Messiah, will rise with healing in his wings. That word wings in the Hebrew is the word tassel, like the tassel, the edge of a garment. So the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't necessarily have faith to be healed. She just recognized who he was. She recognized, she saw Jesus, she said, in her mind, that's the Messiah. If that's the Messiah, there's healing in his tassel. So she went and touched the edge of his garment and was healed. Learning to recognize the source is sometimes more important than trying to have faith for something. Because it's relational. That was the Lord. If that was the Lord, I can stand my life on it. So, what else? Angels, next one, all through the Bible. And I, obviously there's cautions and stuff there, but, but it's all through the Bible. Circumstances, creation, 
It's a major one for me. These are all the different ways the Lord speaks. Creation is a major, major one. Romans 1 and Hebrews 11. For me, when I'm anxious or anxiety or not at peace, there's pretty much two things that I do that. It's the, shut myself away with the Lord, often in a dark room with loud music playing, or with music or whatever so I can worship, shut myself away, or go outside. That's just the way I'm wired. You may not be the same way. Go outside and look at his amazing creation, which speaks of him. You know, the word presence in the Old Testament uh, is the same word for the word face as paneum in Hebrew. The first five times that word is used in the Bible, every single time it has to do with creation. First five times. The presence of God is in his creation, and I can go stand outside and just honestly look at the sky, look at a tree at peace. I'm like, Father, this is your world. You made it by your word. You made me the same. And his voice starts, and I relax, and you calm down, and the voice of the Lord starts to come to me and reminds me who I'm supposed to be. Well, not supposed to. That's not the right word. Who I actually am, but I forget. So, worship, another major one. Interesting scripture for you. You can go back and look at this. Ephesians 5, 18, 17 and 18. It says, speaking to one another in psalms, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Speaking to one another, but talks about songs. Worship is a big one. Signs and wonders, spiritual happenings. People are like, what's that? That's everything that we just don't understand. <laughs> Happened here last week. We had a young a, a gentleman, a young, a young man, came up and, what, remember? said, I heard this thing in my ear, and he was looking for it. Well... Just so you know, afterwards, a very prophetic woman who I consider to be that, she runs up to me. She says, like, all excited. She says, and she tells me something that the Lord is speaking to her. She actually plays that shofar as an instrument. Now, most of the time, to be honest, when I see a shofar, I just think, oh, no. <laughs> just being honest, that's me. Lord, pray for me. But you can actually learn to play it as an instrument. And she knows how to do that. She's worshiping, and the Lord says to her in her mind, Play it. It's like, what do you mean play it? I don't have it with me. So she starts worshiping and seeing herself do that. At that time, he starts hearing it. We had another lady, Melinda. She said, she told us afterwards. She was shocked because she said, I was looking around for who was playing it. Why does that happen? Well, we can go back and look when the Lord blows the horn, what it means, and we as the leadership have to talk about that. But sometimes we have no idea. But it happened. It's a spiritual happening. <laughs> so, and lastly, the gifts of the Spirit. And believe it or not, that's what I actually wanted to talk about today. <laughs> My wife believes it. I'm going to do this as fast as I can. The giver and his gifts. John G. Lake said, don't get the gifts, get the giver. The Holy Spirit within you. We have to understand this. We cannot look at everything about the gifts today. I'm not going to necessarily teach on that or even go over them. I just want to read it and, and look at it from a perspective maybe that, sorry, my notes are not, my thing is frozen. Um, in a perspective that we haven't had of it before and just what the Bible says. So can you go quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please? In your Bibles, I'm just going to start reading. It will come up behind me. Now concerning... Spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, that means mute, however you were led. Therefore, make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Pause. That word gifts, therefore, I do not want to be about spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. That word gifts is not there in the Greek. Hmm. It's not there. It actually says, now concerning the spiritual, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. What about the other favorite verse for a lot of people that love to talk about the gifts? 1 Corinthians, and I'm all for that, as you well know. But 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. That word gifts, not there. Pursue love and desire the spiritual. In order for us to understand why I'm saying these things, there's an outline that we're going to very briefly look at of the whole book of 1 Corinthians. What happens in 1 Corinthians is Paul hears certain things from other people, and he writes to deal with some issues. That's the first five, and six, five or six chapters. He writes to deal with stuff. Then he says this in verse 1 of chapter 7, now, now concerning the things which you wrote to me. So they had, we don't have this letter, they had written him something and asked a whole bunch of questions. So he deals with practical body life. Then he writes back and says, now concerning the things which you wrote to me, and literally starts covering questions that they had asked him. Look at this, verse 10. He goes, he says, now concerning the things you wrote. Then he says, now to the married. Then later, now concerning virgins. Chapter 8, now concerning things offered to idols. Chapters 9, he covers various subjects, people paid in ministry. Then he says, now these things become my examples. Chapter 11, now I praise you. Later on, now I, in giving these instructions. Chapter 12, now concerning the spiritual. Chapter 16, now concerning the collection for the saints. He's answering stuff they've asked. And chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15, those four chapters deal with Paul's, it's not a full expose, obviously, but the Holy Spirit through Paul explaining to Greek mythologists the spiritual realm. They were Corinthians. They didn't know Abraham, Moses, no, Zeus, Hermes, Ares, Aphrodite. Greek mythology, Roman mythology, the practice, the common practice of the day. And those four chapters, what does Paul talk about? The counterfeit of their past. He says, concerning the spiritual, do not want you to be carried away by these mute, dumb idols. Because they were used to creating idols, and then they would have oracles. You've seen the movies, you've read history books. Oracles, or they're like prophets, who would actually come under the power of a demon and begin to you know, manifest and shake and then prophesy and say things. And now he says, so if you're like saying that Jesus is accursed, mm, that's the wrong spirit. It's not a good idea. The Holy Spirit would never say that. This is actually what he's writing to them about. So he talks about the counterfeit of their past, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, that they're one body, many parts. He talks about love for almost an entire chapter. He talks about prophecy, tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, order of corporate worship services, the resurrection, the physical body, the spiritual body, all things containing the spiritual realm because they had been mistaught, in a sense, by the occult 
and by a whole world system, a whole environment that didn't have the Holy Spirit. And now the gospel has come, and he writes to them about the things of the Spirit. What I love is notice this. They were having extreme, in a sense, signs and wonders and miraculous things happen through them. They were, in a sense, quite, uh, it was amazing. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says to them, I cannot speak to you as spiritual, but as babies, as infants in Christ. Huh. So they were having the stuff, but he says you're acting like children. That doesn't mean the stuff is for children. No, it's for all people. But there's an expression that can come to God's people that doesn't have a maturity to it because of lack of understanding or because of counterfeit. You can't counterfeit something that doesn't exist. I can take a counterfeit $5 bill to the bank and probably get away with it. But if I take a counterfeit $3.5, they're going to be like, mm, no. Probably like, listen, we're just not even going to tell anyone that you have enough problems. So, you, you can't counterfeit. So, they had grown up in the counterfeit. But notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't say, stop all the spiritual stuff. Because the answer for misuse is not no use. Not. But correct use, because it's what God wants to do. 1 Corinthians 12, he distributes this according to his will. So, what's actually happening here? Well, let's read on. Verse 4. He says, there are diversities of gifts. That word is there. Charisma, just in case you were panicking. But the same Spirit, there are diversities or differences of ministries diaconia, ministry, or service, or administrations, some of your Bibles would say, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. What did Jesus say when he was on the earth? They were speaking to him about the miraculous, and they said, it is not, I do not speak to you my own words. He says, the words I give you are not from me, but it is the Father in me who does the works. It's a very interesting thing that he said. I do not speak on my own authority. I have submitted even what I speak. Every day I've submitted what, to only what he speaks. And he says, oh, and the miracles, it's the Father in me who does them. But those are linked. Those are linked. The Word of God and the miraculous. So he says, and there are diversities, verse 6, of activities. That word is energy. New Age people have taken that and made Christians nervous. It's the word energima, where we get the word energy. I've had people from the New Age ask to do things to me and pray for me, and most of the time I just say no. But I have had it. Oh, I don't have time for this. I have had it in a health store many years ago. A bunch of them came up to me, and they were wanting to measure my aura. And I said, no. And then they said, no, please, you have this big aura and all these things, and the energy around you is, is, is good energy. And so, and I just, you know, you say, Lord, what do I do here? Because you want to, so I said, sure, but your instruments won't work on me. And they did everything they could for 15 minutes. I encourage you, don't do what I just, don't do this, okay? 
but I prayed the blood. I understood spiritual warfare. And so, you know, in Africa, it's pretty much in your face. And they couldn't believe it. They went back to the car and recalibrated. had these water diviner things and all this stuff. I mean, all sorts of things. And the pharmacist watching was in there. He's like watching, like what? And uh, they did all this stuff for like 15 minutes. But I actually said to them, but when it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, then I get a, I get a turn. And they were like, okay. And after that, nothing. They said, all right. So I said, all right. I said, you're the leader, right? This lady, she said, yeah. She said, how do you know that? I said, that doesn't matter. So I said, stand in a circle. And I said, and I just laid hands on her. I said, in the name of Jesus. She went, ah! And ran, awful, ran out of that place. The pharmacist says, who do you uh, believe in? He said, that was, that was pretty cool. And I got to explain the gospel. That's a strange story, but it's happened. He says they are energy. Mm. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, very important. He doesn't call it the gifts of the Spirit. Oh boy, we're breaking some boxes right now. He doesn't call it that. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, not for the profit of you. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, the only plural one, gifts of healings. Because I've seen people, every time they pray for a headache it's, and something else, no. I don't even have time to get into that. But gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Not just miracles, the working, the partnership of the Holy Spirit, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, a human spirit, a demonic spirit, a ho the Holy Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things to distributing to each one according to His will. What is Paul actually dealing with here? The most important word in that text is not the, the gifts or the list, it's the word same. Seven times in seven verses, the word same. He's dealing with Greek mythologists. They used to multiple gods. And they wrote to him about it. All these things are happening. In Acts chapter, I think it's chapter 14, they're actually in Lystra. They worshipped Barnabas and Paul when they, God did miracles through them. They worshipped them as, as Zeus and Hermes, as Jupiter and Mercury. Literally, that's their worldview. And he goes, no, 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 that's not a good idea. So let me explain. And he's dealing here with polytheism and monotheism. He's saying it's not a bunch of different gods. It's one. Manifesting himself through a person in all sorts of different ways. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says there were devices, uh, divisions among them. They said some, you know the scripture, some are of Paul, some are of Apollos, some are of Cephas or Peter. They were doing all that they knew. They were like, well, I, I like Paul. He's, he's like my new God. And I like Peter. And I like, and he says, I'm so glad I never baptized any of you. Literally. And he was explaining it. People say, oh, stupid Corinthians. Friends, it is in the church today. I like this, pastor. I like this. No! The Holy Spirit in you, in me, same. 
all this celebrity. No. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit. And it doesn't call them gifts of the Spirit. They are gifts. In a sense, you can never earn them. They manifestations of who He is. And so we as Westerners, because we're so clever, we say, okay, well, give us the list. Here's the list. There's nine of them. And let's box it up. And there's three that are speaking and three. Listen, I've taught that. I understand. It maybe helps to explain it. Paul wasn't trying to come up with an exhaustive list of how the Spirit works. He was explaining to them, it's the same Spirit. And we say, well, there's nine. Really? There's thousands. (laughs) But we won't get into that. The gift is the person. And all of these things, we're not even going into what that word of knowledge is. It's good to understand that. Very helpful. But what I have found is the basics. What we've just spent the last couple of weeks talking about, the inner voice, the still voice, the scriptures, creating an environment. That is how it will start with these very same things. You stand in front of someone, there's a fleeting thought. But you've learned in your personal life, as you go in and out and find pasture, to recognize that, to discern it, and to stand on it. Now you're ministering to someone. You think it's some, like some prophetic people that close their eyes and there's this audible voice and a myriad of angels and a blackboard with a scrolling prophecy. No. That can happen. Most of the time, it's the basics. It's the still, small voice. And you've just learned to discern it. The word of wisdom, same thing. It's a picture. It's simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's a relationship. It's so simple. So, 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 so simple. I want to cry sometimes. People make it so. It's so simple. And he speaks to all of us all the time. And yet we stand in front of a person and say, you know, and we also need to not be afraid to say, I don't know. Sorry, I'm growing and learning. He knows, but I don't right now. Oh, there's safety in that. And I think that's, I think that's enough. He will speak to you. He does speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He loves you. He made you. He formed you. He spoke you into being. He knows you better than you know yourself. It is so simple. It is so simple. You can hear God. You are born with this ability. And He wants to speak to you. And there's nothing more precious, the side of heaven, apart from your salvation, than the voice of the God, the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Lord. Nothing. Can we stand? Can we just ask very quickly for the Lord just to open our hearts and ears? Can we do that to help us? I encourage you, don't chase after one of those things.
Do the basics. Do the basics. Do the basics. Do the basics. And watch the Lord begin to create a greenhouse within you that is so sharp and crisp and clear over time. Babe, can you come pray for us? And I ask my wife because she'll tell you how sometimes unspiritual I can be. And we have to understand, friends, people are people, but He is God. And He will move and talk with all of us. It's not some badge. It's not something you earn. It's because He loves them, because He's faithful to them. And yet, even when He's doing that, you learn things about Him that you can only learn that way. He's just that good. Amen? Can you pray for us, babe? Father, we thank you that your word says that when we know, become acquainted and intimate with the truth, that it sets us free. So, Father, we pray over the word that has been spoken into our hearts. We pray for revelation to increase. We pray for the seeds that have been sown to bear fruit, God. We just pray that there would be truth that would come to people's minds that have thought in the past that they could not hear from you. And we pray that this truth would set them free and break that lie. So, God, we receive your truth this morning. We receive all that you paid for. The veil that was torn, God, we receive and we choose to believe by faith that you are speaking now and today and always. So, God, I ask that you would help us to turn aside this week. I ask that you would help us to pursue you and help us to respond to those moments that we think are you, God, and to be willing to learn and to grow and to walk with you in that. And so I just bless your people, Father, with the ability to hear your voice even louder and clearer in the days ahead, that it would cut through all the noise, and we would keep our eyes fixed on you in the name of Jesus. Amen.